foundation of wrestling.eventbrite.com standalone wrestling it's going to be coming to norwich connecticut definitely looking forward to debuting in connecticut it's our first time up there there's a kalisto meet and greet which you get to meet him and you get a front row that's 50 there's a front row for 30 and there's also a vip white glove upgrade which is a picture in the ring with our ring announcer and one standalone roster account which is 35 so we have all different prices and then we go down to a 20 dollar ga as well so again there's something for everybody as far as the price structure goes to work with a group called vet ticks where we give free tickets away to the vets and their families connecticut will be one well if you want to laugh you know the, the person who's in that family that likes comedy stuff is going to like that if you want to see john wayne murdoch and like some hardcore spots and you're into that type of thing you're going to get that you know if you want to see women's wrestling you're going to get some of that you know so a, a great mixture of you know seven to nine matches to give a value for everybody and then to also give them something that they want to come back and see again anybody that's in the connecticut area watching this go out and support this $20 GA ticket, $30 front row ticket, and you also have VIP upgrades. Check out the website. Check out the interview. Davey Richards. I see TJ Perkins, Marco Stunt. But you also have guys like Bob Backlund who's going to be there. If you're anywhere near the Norwich area on May 21st, you're going to want to check that out. Standalone Wrestling. Some one hell of a card. Marco Stunt on the card. You have Nyla Rose, John Silver. You've got Kalisto for the meet and greet. Kalisto. If you don't think kids are going to want to see this masked wrestler, get your your tickets early get the vip package get your photo your autographs line it up and let's knock this out of the park at pistol pizza norway 50 vip 30 front row 20 general admission check them out at foundation of wrestling.eventbrite.com or check out our recent interview with chad menace and go to that pistol pete show because if we don't pack out pistol pete's the chances of him coming back to this area very low and especially look at the quality of that card you got tjp matt Matt Tremont, John Wayne Murdoch, one of the up-and-comers on IWTV. And this is going to be an IWTV pay-per-view. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, 
Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. We are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, written by Vinnie Barry. 35 short stories across the wrestling landscape. Vinnie Barry also wrote, Lance by Chance, Wrestling is a Von Eric, available at WrestleVille.com. In addition to Vinnie Barry, we are brought to you by Super Vows and Pot by Kevin Kelton, available on Amazon.com. We are brought to you by AO Money Meach, Camouflage, When the Deadbolt Breaks, Buzzard Canyon, the great people over at Connecticut People Records, and our wrestling commentary home of New Heights Wrestling. Dave, how are you doing today? I know I caught you mid-sip. That's all right. Try to sneak that one in, baby. <laughs> good, man. Good back. No offense to AJ. It's good to be back to recording with you, man. It's been a little while. Let people behind the curtain know. Like you know, Joe set this all up today, so I got home from work. I didn't have to do shit. Other than, <laughs> it felt good. I was like, oh. I know. I feel like this is the first time we've really talked in a week. Like we didn't even have our pre-show talk. It's like fuck it, we're raw dogging it. But AJ's yeah. doing nefarious things outside of U.S. governmental reach. So Don't you know, ask I had to step in maybe permanently if the feds get him. Who knows? <laughs> Don't ask nothing. Won't be nothing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. You or know, he said on his wedding night, fuck around and find out. <laughs> but kick this off. We've done too much burying the guy early on. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was like, I was going to do like a little that, like maybe that John Pogway ting talk. Like, what you got going on? <laughs> Anything going on tonight? How's it going today? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to a high school play tonight. Oh, going to Greece, huh? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Here's old high school showing yeah. out. I'm going to be there. My girlfriend's daughter was going to be involved in it, I think, with the props department. But I, she got a concussion. So if you missed... <laughs> Her daughter has a concussion. She hit her head. Something, something happened. I don't know the whole story, but she's oh, fine at the play. Not at the play. No, oh. because because she out this teenage girl's business. No, no, no. But because she hit her head, like she won't be there tonight. But we're still going. That's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. Yeah. You're like, we bought these tickets. We ain't backing out. No, 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 no. She's with us now. <laughs> she's gonna be next next to us now. So, you know. I mean, All I right. guess it's good to see a school play because you probably haven't been to one since high school. Right? I, I, if it was like honestly. Like, I, I don't think I'd be going otherwise, but it's fine. You know, like, I'd be happy to, you know, go do something a little different and kind of hang out with the fam. Yeah, I was going to say, at least you're going with family. Like, if I went, it'd just be, like, early 40s dude going to yeah. watch school play because I'm taking in the love of the art. Right, like, it wouldn't even if me and you went to that together. Like, me and you could go see a movie together. But if you yeah, went to a high school play together, I think. Which would be weirder, if one of us went or if two of us went? Like, is it a solo dude at a high school play that worries you, or is it when there's two involved? Nah, it's more the solo dude, I think. At this day and age, I think because that's the motherfucker, you're like, why, why is he alone? Why is he by himself? <laughs> Whereas two of us, yeah. Maybe they're gay or something, but now no one gives a fuck. They're like, yeah, I'm happy for them. There's two gay guys out here supporting ours. Maybe they got an adopted kid here somewhere. It don't matter. Oh, that's the working fans. Keep them away from the cheerleaders room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they listen to the show, then they know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're just playing around. Haven't really talked all week. Last week, we did a whole day of wrestling commentary, which is something we're new to and will get brought up later in the show. But later, we can talk about now. I don't give a fuck. I was going to say, because like, I was going to say, an eight hour work day, right? Like, you did. You did. And like, that, it was really, you know, it's funny. I don't know. It's funny what people don't really pick up on i knew how much work you do with the editing for the podcast and i knew you did work in terms of notes for the commentary but the level of work you put in i was like that day i was like oh shit (laughs) but i mean it led to our first payday which at the end of the day it's not even the money is you'll test you too it's the fact that these guys thought enough of us together on some level that they were going to offer us money when we didn't have to because we made that very clear we just wanted them to promote our podcast we know we're just starting out but we were they just happy to do commentary because we got a chance commentary offer from another company and then when they fizzled out yeah we went to another project and then the guy that got us those jobs fizzled out so it was i reached out because i knew jobs and they responded they gave us another opportunity and it's just amazing to be offered that money yeah we are randy asking the important questions are you guys doing the commentary for the wrestling show in norway not that we know of randy although no we are definitely not because You must not have been keeping up with standalone wrestling on Facebook. I did but not. But they recently announced the commentary team. Oh, I did not. Okay. That's definitely not. That's the broadcast team. I had a pipe dream. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Tell me how that went up in smoke. That's the broadcast team of Brad DeMeo and Peter DeLonge. It looks like they're an IWTV broadcast team. So I don't know if being a part of IWTV, they provide you a broadcast team for the stream. But, you know, I mean, it's a hope that maybe one day down the line, Randy, we're still so new to this game that that's the reason we were happy to take this on was just to get the practice. Absolutely. Thousand percent. Tougher than you would think to call wrestling, especially when the people providing it to you have a certain story they want told and that's why it's important to have the notes is get the background on everybody understand what the story is and then put it into your own words and maybe that's why wwe promos don't come off the best because they're provided a script and expected to follow it exactly we have guidelines but we also have that creative freedom to present right and i think another challenge too is too and this isn't a knock at any of the matches we call there's a lot of great young up-and-coming talent on these shows it's just that it's like if you're not familiar with everybody, that's another thing too, right? Like we take that kind of for granted, but like even WWE, maybe we don't watch WWE every week or maybe we don't like everything they got going on. But at the end of the day, like we are so familiar with all these talents by the time they got to WWE, by the time they got to AEW, by the time nowadays, most of them got to Impact or, you know, what was Ring of Honor or any of this stuff. Like we're just so familiar. So it's a challenging on that end. We have to learn. These I talents. watch a lot of youtube right if you want to follow new heights wrestling go to new heights wrestling on youtube and facebook and that's really what i do is just try and stay up to date with them randy asking the hitting questions would aj be like paul Heyman or bobby heenan on commentary neither because (laughs) like it honestly it takes a while to just get commentary down so i mean we've done an alternate commentary with aj and it's not great and it's not because aj is not skilled 
there's just not that practice there. You have to find a rhythm. And even if you listen to the recordings Dave and I did, yeah. if you look at Bound and Determined 2022, any of those matches, those were the first ones we were really calling and like figuring things out. When you go to the Bulldog Bash, we sound a lot better. And on these Aftermath matches, I think we, we're hitting our stride. Like we're not figuring it out. Who right. would AJ be like though on commentary? You think it was, I did not remember the guy's name, but if you want everyone wants to look it up for a laugh, Philadelphia Spectrum Wrestling back in the day, there was this guy, Dick something. It was just like the worst commentator of all time. And he was going, don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? And I was going to get it as a joke. AJ, I mean, what would his style be more like? How about that? Because we ain't going to compare him to Bobby Heenan and Paul Heyman. But hmm, his style... It would That's a good question because I'm trying to think who's a wrestling announcer that really tries to be funny and like sometimes, you know, always joking. Yeah. Sometimes it works. I mean, if you just take a, someone who's trying to be funny. Striker? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Matt Striker. Matt Striker, I feel like, no, that's not Matt Striker. I don't see that, personally. The only one I can think of that really tries to get a lot of joking in there. The reason it's tough is because commentary takes a lot of prep, and AJ is off the top of the head. Right. So you, not... it's kind of like apples and oranges in that respect. Yeah, agree. You know, because we're not trying to, like, pick on him, but I just, I think commentary would be a real adjustment for him. Especially I mean, He would get it eventually, do. but, like... For I don't what you're so. doing yeah. yeah the guy who has to tell the stories you know for the most part i'm calling the matches even though like i'm not doing move for move either it's kind of like we both try to hop in and yeah. help her out it's different but yeah to do the actual storytelling and all that background into it that's another story altogether that's a different I, skill aj would be like a good maybe second color commentator if the only thing he had to do was sell you on the company sell right. you on promos Bitch man yeah because I mean, it's fair to say AJ's kind of carny and he can really put over that side of wrestling well. Like he can sell something to you that's not that great, but make you believe this is the best thing ever. Make you believe. There you go. Randy, I hope that's a good answer for you, buddy. Do you believe? And we've been really kind of, you know, just giving you all the miscellaneous first. Let's you guys some, usually uh, cover Dynamite every week. Yeah. And let's kick this yeah. thing off, man. I'm actually kind of getting antsy for it now, too, because I want to talk about the very first thing we opened up with. I talked about it the other day before it happened, how excited I was for this. It didn't disappoint. Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, CM Punk on commentary, specifically just for this one. Wow. This match, Joe, obviously I'll get your comments. I don't decide with AJ, but I just want to say to me, all the little like tributes they did to Bret Hart and everything is what I, it's what I expected, but it's what I wanted. Yeah. Like I knew as the match was going on that they were probably paying tribute to Bret and Owen, but I'm not that deep a wrestling nerd where I can call spots like that but seeing the video and the comparison it doesn't surprise me it was a great way to kick off the night i thought i was still at work so when i saw our mutual friend text i'm glad they're kicking it off with this yeah i just didn't look at my phone the rest of the night because i was like i'm gonna be here late there's no <laughs> way we can avoid this yeah i did the same thing i woke up to like five or six messages that i ignored none of them else were spoilers at all thankfully but i was just like nope <laughs> i don't want to know what you guys are talking about <laughs> yeah i want the fresh opinion on 
this and it was an Owen Hart tournament qualifier. It was highly competitive, friendly. You had the thumb to the eye. Things got a little contentious, but it didn't lead to a breakup, which I was happy to say. Yeah, there was a great road to before this. And I basically explained how this was them wanting to do this just because it was important to them and that they were like brothers. I couldn't recommend that enough too. But I said this before. I'll say this before we go to our next segment. Dax Harwood, to me, is a guy that could be the TNT champion and reminds me of what Iron Anderson would be in that role when he was the NWA slash WCW TV champion. I could just see Dax having these competitive matches where some he'd win or some go to like a 10-minute, 15-minute draw or something. And, you know, just especially having somebody like, uh, even though they got rid of him, a Tully Blanchard in this corner. You could just see it. Yeah, I think there's a ton of potential as Dax as a single competitor in particular if they ever want to go that route yeah and where would that leave cash if he did that because they even noted that cash maybe had one singles match but they could at least list a couple that dax have had yeah and they were hell matches with, with jungle boy cm punk so yeah and that's not a, i just think cash is he's that guy you know he's the um, dennis Condra. he's stan lane you know and dax is bob eaton like you know Dax is the guy that could have that singles run out of the two of them. And maybe the more we see of Cash, I'll change my mind because, and this is no slight, it's just out of the two of them, Dax seems to shine a little more as a would-be singles competitor. And maybe that's because we've seen him. Yeah, it's kind of how they're presenting people. I'll bring it up, you know, in the next real match we get to because Adam Page was off this show with COVID. So we kind of had this fill-in segment where it was half like a video recap. And then it was just Punk picking up the mic, walking around the ring. And we get the announcement for the main event at Double or Nothing. It felt thrown together, but it worked. Yeah, I'm sure it had to be given the fact that Hangman got COVID. There was something I I picked up uh, and I heard Wrestling Observer talk about it too, was Punk made a little line about, I don't know if I'm going to win, but I know that Hangman's going to know he was in a fight. And when a babyface typically says, I promise you one thing, I'm going to win. You go, okay, he's probably going to win. Punk didn't do that. And it's really cool that he didn't do that because it kind of leaves a little more suspense. Like, is he going to win? We still we don't actually know, right? And yeah. he did back himself in the corner and go, oh, he's going to look like an asshole if he loses now. No, he's promising he's going to, you know, give us a good fight and Hangman's going to know. So, like, that was an interesting small little aspect of it that I like. I found a decent amount of the time AEW storytelling is on point. There, I mean, there are storylines and things they've had that have been garbage, but things like that, the little details going forward that's a nice touch let's get to this next match here well after this they just had a quick thing with scorpio sky stage lambert starts the promo but scorpio finishes strong and it's odd that they're turning dan lambert more into a good guy are they turning scorpio and just lambert is there I feel the turn of Scorpio, and I feel at some point Lambert's going to end up turning on these guys for some reason. Maybe even Ethan Page will turn on Scorp too. There's something going on here. We've got to remember, too, that Frankie Kazarian is basically, as we'll talk later when Scorpio wins the belt, but he was promised to get that next shot, and Frankie Kazarian stood by his partner and said, yeah, I'll stand out of the way. Go do what you got to do, and then also congratulated him there. So not to jump ahead, but I think because of all that stuff going on, I have a feeling there's this built-in thing where Ethan Page might turn on Scorpio at some point and then you know we're back to Lambert's heels again maybe I kind of just took that as they have history together and it's like you know I know you I won't step in your way but like I want that first shot afterwards that's the story I agree with that 
But how often do you like, you know, heels and babyface? Usually, like, if a heel steps up and says, Hey, take a back seat, I got this, the babyface is going to go, No, I ain't going nowhere. But this, instead, this time, Kazarian did the more loyal thing and interesting thing of saying, All right, sure, you got it. But that's why I wonder if it's going to lead to something. I guess that's what I'm thinking. We'll have to see. It's odd that they were kind of heels for so long. And then as the Sammy Guevara thing has developed, it's almost seemed to flip what they do. Right. But yeah, that led into this next match. Blackpool Combat Club versus The Factory. QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado. I love everything about the Blackpool Combat Club so far. I love Rigo on commentary for this match. I love the fact that he just comes out with Yuta and kind of gives Yuta, like, you know, like he's taking almost like more of a personal interest in Yuta. Like basically saying Yuta's our guy. He still needs, he's still doing this though. You know, we're still like, he's not Moxley or Danielson yet, but this guy belongs. So I don't know. I like a lot of little things. I didn't like this as much as the week before when they were taking on Brock Anderson, Dante Martin, and Lee Marotti. I thought yeah. that was more of an interesting match, but this was still good. I really enjoyed this. It's because it's the factory. Over. I was going to ask what the significance of Regal coming out with Yuta now was, because when it was just Moxley and Danielson, Regal would come out with Danielson, and then Moxley would come out by himself. Danielson comes out by himself. Yuta comes out with Regal. Regal goes to commentary. Then Moxley comes out. So I don't know if there's any significance with who Regal comes out with or if he's just the last person to come out with somebody before Moxley. That's great. You can kind of interpret different ways, right? So, I mean, Moxley's the loner. So you could look at that, right? Moxley's always going to come out by himself. But I just like to think that it's like, you know, Regal kind of giving his endorsement every week to Yuta. And, and reality is, you know, behind the scenes, that's probably the guy you want coming out with Regal, right? You want him to shine and, you know, he could use that little extra something because Yuta's still making his way here. Yeah, with the people that AEW has worked on developing, I think Yuta's been the biggest surprise because I've always enjoyed him. He was good in MLW, yeah. good in Beyond, but there's something about him now and the way he's presented that he just se seems like so much more. Absolutely. Yeah, he's done a hell of a job of really just getting this character over as just, I want to be taken taken seriously and i'm a badass now i don't know i'm curious to see i think they uh, speculated this on post but I, i'm curious to see where blackpool combat club ends up for the double or nothing pay-per-view because right now they're basically just coming out there and kind of beating people up so there's no story currently with them with anybody else but like AEW has so many different trios that I could see easily them being plugged and they're going to be hugely over whatever they end up doing. That was something they mentioned later in the show when we had another trio pop up. But if you look at this, you've got two trios teams here. Sure. They've got at least three, four, maybe five more. Definitely at least three or four. And it feels like you're lining up for some. You could have trios titles if you want. Because you have different variations of the elite, too. You know, whether it's, whether it's the undisputed elite, whether it's the original elite and Kenny Omega's coming back. There's just so Jericho many. Appreciation Society. Could yeah, have you got three of their members. Kingston and Pride and Powerful. Yeah, so, yeah. And clearly, I think, you know, the House of Black is one that, you know, obviously. And then Death Triangle's back now, too, as we'll talk more about that later. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different trios. But after this Blackpool Combat Club match, we had Tony Schiavone backstage with Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm doing this promo again. Only this time we added Britt Baker and Ruby Soho to it. I think it does a decent job at hyping the Hater and Storm match because you're seeing them week after week. 
I'm yeah. just, I'm a little tired of it by this point. Like kind of what are we leading to? What is the point of repeatedly putting this in front of us? I mean, maybe it's kind of similar almost what they did with Jay Cargo and having that 30th win and uh, taking on Maria Shafir. It's kind of like almost we're just trying it's to put that special. Right. We're just trying to put a little emphasis on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, they do a lot better with video packages with that, as obviously we'll bring up later. But this was followed by Jurassic Express backstage. Hobbs and Starks interrupt the interview to challenge them. That's really all I got to say. Like, they're I not mean, a terrible team, but I'm just not into them. I'm kind of past Jurassic Express. But there is one little thing they can do to spice it up. There is one little thing in here, though. Jungle Boy had made the comment, I feel like a sore loser or something. And Christian said, Well, no, that's because you are a sore loser. And he said, yeah. well, We fixed that. But it was just that little bit of like shock and turn around. I feel like we're planting the seeds for a Christian heel turn. And I think, honestly, Christian needs to turn on his team and we need to do a Jungle Boy Christian feud. And I think that feud makes sense because you got the veteran heel young up-and-comer and then i think something has to else has to be done with luchasaurus I, I don't know at this point but i just think it's we've moved on and i honestly i don't know if they're going to do it because it's a pop they're still a popular team i think they're going to break up at some point but i'd like to see hobbs and starks get the belts yeah it's weird because with this team i feel like you got to do something to spice them up i think that's what they were hoping for when christian joined and yeah. it just doesn't maybe it I hasn't done what they expected but i think, it it's not christian down. I think christian seems less important like when christian first came in and he won the impact title and when the impact title was still part of aew and he beat omega that's when it was most hot and then after that he kind of slipped into this thing and i don't know i think it's all just kind of like steadily we just lost interest yeah and then we go on to our next big match here wardlow and Lance Archer, as you would say, a couple hosses here, right? Big hoss fight. Wardlow gets the W here. The, the big thing here is the story, right? We're still building to that story with him and MJF, but I can see you want to say some of the stuff about his match. What's you know, what are your I, thoughts? I like it, but I just feel like maybe Lance Archer is fourth or fifth. They do a lot of these where you got to go through several guys to get to the main guy, and they do it decently, but it never feels like it's in the right order. Mm -hmm. Like this was a good big man battle, but kind of where does it leave Archer? Wardlow right. keeps getting more and more popular as the weeks go on, and now it's kind of like Archer just kind of didn't get jobbed out, but it definitely felt like we could have use he could have been used better well we know yeah they basically made it very clear where they they see him ranked and like they see wardlow way above him which is it I mean, obviously wardlow's the hot commodity right now i get that but yeah like it does make me wonder like archer's a guy with all his experience in japan his size and everything you just feel like you'd like to see a better place for him in the company He's one of those guys they've actually not been able to, I think, capitalize on. Yeah, he doesn't need to be developed as much as Wardlow. Wardlow is kind of in that Wheeler Yuta thing where AEW's done him a ton of good. If you want to do Lance Archer good, sign Davey Boy Smith Jr., yeah. bring back that Killer Elite squad. And I mean, you've already got the Japan tie in. Like, that. it seems like a no brainer with him. This thing with Jake doesn't feel like it's working. And even on his own, he's kind of. Uh, mid to nothing for them. That would be some great tag team champions right there. I'd be very interested in seeing those guys back together again. I believe we went to Jericho Appreciation Society sit down next. Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz. Everybody was on fire. I mean, as far as promos went, especially Kingston, Jericho, Big Magic Mike there. I just, I don't know. I love all these guys. What did you think of this? I hate this group. But they're great. Like, I feel like... You talk about it, the Free Creation Society. Yeah, because it hurts Garcia, 
but I feel like it elevates Menard and Parker. Daddy Magic and whatever the fucking other dude's name is. Ryan Luke. <laughs> yeah. And? I don't know. And these promos, they're setting up for a hell of a match. It makes you feel like there's still two people to be on Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana's side. I thought the end of the promo was hilarious with Kingston getting in Jericho's face and him like continually like leaning back so they don't touch. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird. Like, I think the Appreciation Society is doing what they need to get that hated reaction, but they're just too hilarious. They're too great with it. Like the thing you brought up with AJ about the old WWF line, but now it's up to seven weeks, the leaner, leaders in sports. Right, and right, 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 yeah. And like, I love that touch. It's gold, even though I hate them. That's what you want there, right? I mean, yeah. they're getting a hardcore fan like you to hate them. So I think that's a pretty, pretty good sign. And and they are they're doing what they're supposed to be doing honestly because we watch AEW for pro wrestling not for sports entertainment so they're doing like they're being the best heels they could be because that's what they're being sports entertainers they're oh, yeah. being over the top Smart, yeah. it's one of the Jericho ideas that's hitting better than others you know because the man is a genius but there are just times where it feels like an idea will get rehashed mm -hmm. and it definitely and it doesn't hit maybe like it did before and this one the guy continues to reinvent himself and that's why I stay a fan yeah no doubt after that i believe we went to the philly street fight well we uh, had the video package really quick for sammy and scorpio sky oh, okay good little hype package for the match sometimes these are just little fault like throwaway things that they'll put up in between but they do so good with their video packages of making things matter like this ladder match kind of came out of nowhere as a ladder match so you got to kind of do what you can to give it the hype that it would need oh yeah i'll talk about this towards the end i definitely I had some stuff to say about some of this. I, I enjoyed the match, but there was a couple things where I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> now, this Deeb Sheeta match, though, I have to say, it's another match where it's kind of like in the middle there, but AEW did a good job, I thought, of kind of maybe they take a week off, but then they'd remind you of something, you know, and then, okay, this feud's still here. And when it was over, I'll get your opinion on it. One thing I thought was, I was like, oh, Deeb went over. And it surprised me a little bit until... I thought about it. I'm like, oh, she. They, they need a strong another heel besides Britt Baker who could be strong and face Thunder Rosa. And no sooner did that thought pop in my head, and I'm watching this in the bread truck at this point, by the way, too. The next day, so I, I and I'm listening mostly, but I happen to look over and then I see Thunder Rosa staring at the monitor, and I'm like, ah. Okay. <laughs> it's been good long-term storytelling. It's been, you know, like you said, pieced out throughout the weeks. And this match took place in the city where the rivalry began. So that's a good attention to the story. And I, it was a good match. Good hype led to it. I wasn't as excited for it as I should be based on like the good storytelling they told and everything. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, AEW just has so much going on. You know, and so when you have so much good stuff going on, it's hard to get excited about every single thing. Too. Yeah, and I'll mention it when they talk about next week's Dynamite. Sometimes they just drop things on you, and it's like that's not a pay per view match. Like I, it's something we've been waiting for, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's here. Right. You know, some things they give you hype and they lead it throughout the weeks, and some things they surprise you with. And it's a good mixed bag of a show, but sometimes it just feels overstuffed. Did we go to the? It looks like House of Black in the ring next. Do I have that right. MJF and Sean Spears back. Backstage, oh, MJF yeah. gets on the phone. Let's talk about that. Calls somebody and very much hints that it could be Big Kaz. Yeah. 
a very smart way they did it. They get around. I mean, they use their old catchphrase, but like very sparingly and didn't say exactly who it could be. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of left field and gave you Enzo, but I feel like it's going to be exactly who we expect. Got to be Morsi. <laughs> I can't imagine like what a weird thing that would be if like from a story perspective, we're going to take out Wolo. We brought Enzo. <laughs> Just Continuing that, I believe Morrissey is still signed with Impact. You get right. some crossover there. Not as much as we used to, but... Yeah, there's a couple I mean, next Yeah, AEW's done a good job of that talent sharing and that thing we like in wrestling where somebody in one promotion pops up in another. Yeah, definitely a lot of talent. It seems exchange and still with... We've been seeing it still with New Japan and Impact. And now we're seeing it, obviously, with New Japan and AEW going to have a pay-per-view together. And it is nice to see some of those Impact guys get back in AEW again a little bit so that made me happy and if you watch new japan strong it's not uncommon to see a few maybe aw or impact guys show up there too so good on yeah Yeah. this to stay relevant still after all these years (laughs) yeah and good of tony khan like he doesn't it's not like he brings the impact guys in fully he just features them on a shot Mm -hmm. and that's things you would see in the old days more like in the territories Yep. That's a detail that I like seeing. Plus, it switches up your talent. Absolutely. So, after this, we got the commercial break. House of Black attempts to unmask Fago de So, only to be fended off by the return Ray Phoenix and Death Triangle. Again, a lot of trios in this company. I thought this was well done, and it was a great way to show that, you know, because House of Black has pretty much had the upper hand in everything they do so far, for the most part. So, for this one, for Death Triangle to kind of outsmart them, that was a nice little touch. Yeah, I really like the production of the whole segment, the way it unfolded. It was during this segment that I believe Excalibur noted how many trios teams they had. And then I'm like, yeah, we've seen like three or four tonight. So great. It was a good return for Ray Phoenix. I wonder if they did it on TV, knowing that the triple mania that's happening in Mexico, I believe tomorrow night, maybe they were getting ahead of it, presenting him on TV. Either way, it was a great return. And I believe after this, we go to talk about we have our 10-man tag match. We had Tony Schiavone backstage with oh. Swerve and Darby Allen. Just a quick segment to build the match for Wednesday. And it makes sense that they would be familiar with each other. Darby being from that Pacific Northwest and Swerve doing a lot of time in Defy Wrestling. And they really, this was a match that they're surprising you with because for the live crowd, this is where they're finding out what they're going to see later that night. Yeah. But then you're like, wow, that is an amazing match. And just a little touch that you needed to hype it up get it get you more excited for it and that's an owen Hart tournament match too i believe yep, qualifier. <laughs> i love how they're doing qualifiers for the tournament because you're getting like a whole nother round out of the thing right yeah i love it too i love the fact that we even have a tournament for owen hart still like that's yeah. just well deserved and then i believe we have our 10-man tag match this is the basically i think they're calling them the undisputed elite Adam out with a shirt after this Yes, Adam Cole, the Bucks and Dragon versus Dante Martin, Varsity Blondes, and Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. And not a surprise, obviously, you know, the Bucks, Red Dragon, Cole were going to get the victory here. And if babyfaces all had good showing but what i thought was interesting was after the match too was that cole gave the bucks the t-shirts to put on and they kind of like nodded their head like all right well, let's do it you know but to me i still think at some point like right now that we're going with cole as the leader here a little bit but at some point kenny omega is going to come back and that's where it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. that's going to be the next interesting wrinkle in the story right now you can really see that they even put it over on commentary that they're now united 
So they're going to go forward for a little bit. They can even stay as a united effort. And then when Kenny comes back, you have that built-in match with him and Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. I like what it did for the Undisputed Elite. But then you look at the flip side and Brock Anderson's still on the come up. So him and Lee Johnson, if you're looked at as enhancement, it's not terrible for the moment. No. Varsity Blondes, on the other hand, maybe it's just Brian Pillman's name, but I feel like that team's almost relegated to that enhancement status, which Pillman has done good about not jumping ahead of where he should be in the business because of his name. You know, he didn't want to get anywhere just on that. But I feel like he's been in there enough. He showed enough. He should be better than this enhancement. And Dante Martin just doesn't have great luck. Like every time his brother comes back, Mm -hmm. it's the team you should get. And then he goes out injured again. And then he has to figure out this whole singles run again on his own. So it's weird. His trajectory. I just feel bad for everybody on the losing team because it feels like I think few of them in particular pillman i didn't really think about this before but since you brought it up i think pillman just seems like you could do more with him in particular oh yeah point right like it, it maybe a maybe a different tag team no offense to garrison but maybe a different tag team a new look you know maybe not the varsity blondes that that feels like something his dad might have been doing back in the day but not the hollywood blonde this might have been with him and tom zinc just like the late 80s 1990s baby faces like yeah yeah let's yeah. do this you know? and it feels a little out of touch but it's like you could tell that story, but I feel like that story's past now at this point. Like I I want to see something different with these guys. Maybe they're letting them simmer. So when you do get the breakup, it's that much more. Because if you think about it, we just had Julia Hart showing some difference. So maybe something happens where she breaks away from the group and then eventually they slowly split. I trust AEW's long-term storytelling, but I just hope they come out on the better side of it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Pillman, maybe, I don't know when his contract's up. I mean, he's a guy that could benefit maybe going somewhere else, you know, going to New Japan, maybe do something with that in-ring a little bit too you know what i mean and work on some other stuff you know if you look at it he's worked his way up from mlw where he was in that new heart foundation that Mm -hmm. helped him but then with teddy hart gone he kind of needed to find something new and it was around that time that AEW sprung up so he kind of stepped up his game and you know got that new identity with the varsity blonde so maybe it just takes time i don't know yeah i just but it's such a there's so much talent in that promotion it's easy to see how people can get lost i believe we have something's about to get on fire in this next segment here yeah jericho appreciation society backstage attacking kingston santana and ortiz and we get the fireball to the face Mm. Good yeah i'm wondering how that's gonna be sold as things go on does this gotta lead to like a blood and guts slash war games match i feel like we're or maybe the impede yeah who's gonna join kingston santana and ortiz as kind of i alluded to earlier because they even mentioned it that they're down five to three yeah who would fit in that thing you could do hernandez feel like Mm. easy choice is the most obvious we got homicide briefly in aw2 at one point when they were in new york there for arthur ash stadium so homicide's definitely one that could be you could bring in a team from the indies you could bring in somebody already there i guess you kind of have to see as the story goes forward because where we're at right now things are heating up and there's an obvious numbers advantage so i feel like the next beat of the story is how do they even up these numbers and how do we clash if he wasn't such a heel already and everybody hated him, I would say Sammy would make a possible good fit to help Ortiz and Santana, given the history there. You know, maybe yeah, go I feel like but he's now. 
I think we've gone a different direction completely with him. Maybe worst case, you get Sky and Kazarian, like on the more disappointing end of things. Yeah, I like your homicide idea just because I think that's a good nod to some of us hardcore fans. And I think I think homicide sometimes too just should get a run. Like I know he's doing stuff with NWA now. He's like their junior heavyweight champion, but homicide to me is a guy that just on what he's done for the business to so get a little bit of that time in the mainstream. He knows Santana and Ortiz too, so the connection is there. You know, you got the LAX connection, but we'll have to see where it goes. This was followed by a Rampage preview. So tonight on Rampage, we are getting Swerve versus Darby in an Owen Hart qualifier. Hook and Danhausen face-to-face confrontation. I was very happy because I thought this was a match. Me too. Now that I see it's a face-to-face, I'm a little disappointed. I've been enjoying these segments way more than I thought. Mm-hmm. I know AJ says Dan Housen's good in the ring. That's a fucking lie. He is personality. He is likable, but fuck him. And I hope Hook really fucks him up. You got Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, Kira Hogan versus Willow Nightingale, Trisha Dora, and Sky Blue. Yes. Very excited for that. Colton Gunn versus Keith Lee and Samoa Joe versus Trent Beretta for the ROH TV Championship. One line Followed by a video promo that really kind of gives you the reason why this match means something. And I really appreciated their videos when I saw this because they do a good job of telling you why this is important if you don't know. There is a line in there too that I don't know. I guess I'm the only one who found funny unless I misheard it. But I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe talks about or Trent says something about how Samoa Joe, you hit hard. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm the guy that gets hit hard. (laughs) And I just thought to myself like, is that good? What are we doing? But- that, that's Trent's sense of humor, too. Yeah. And, you know, what really put it over for me is he talked about all his time in Ring of Honor and he had nothing to yep. show for it. Right. And I was like, that's that's where you got me. But Joe's got to go over to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't have this Joseph. Yeah. And then they uh, talked about what's going to be on Dynamite. Yes. Deanna Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez for the ROH Women's Championship. Surprise again. No, or double or nothing. We're we're just gonna get this out of the way and give the title to Mercedes. <laughs> you know, Wardlow versus Big Kaz, we don't know. Yeah. And Bobby Fish versus Jeff Hardy in an Owen Hart Cup qualifier. That's gonna be very interesting. It's interesting too because O'Reilly and Cole have already qualified. So you could go that route, but I feel like this is Jeff Hardy's first big single match in AEW. I don't see him losing. I gotta say Jeff's probably oh, my cool. man. Cage my IQ in the comments. Our man was there live. Hopefully he can tell us a little bit about how the crowd was. Because I know when we saw them in Bridgeport, the crowd was on fire, as a lot of AEW crowds seem to be. But it's just when you hear it live, it's just insane. It it doesn't come through on TV, I don't think, all the time. No, it was. Yeah, I mean, I was at the first Boston show with a mutual friend, and that was crazy. And then the second one, he went up to Boston. He says they were even louder. And that one sounded crazy on TV. Let's get to this Sammy. Guevara, Scorpio Sky match. Oh, let's see, we got a little comment here. Crowd was on fire for Yuta and Samoa Joe. Okay, so that's tonight. Well, now important question. Cage my IQ. I know he brought his son to the matches, and it's always interesting who kids latch on to oh, yeah. versus you know who us as experienced wrestling fans. So who did your son pop for? If Dave, you want to get into the main event? Yeah, I mean. What a interesting match this turned out to be. Now, first of all, I have to say, too, when Scorpio Sky hadn't lost in 400-something days, and then he just doesn't really defend the title that much and then drops it to Sammy, I was like, what the fuck was that? What was the point of that whole reign? Then Sammy becomes a heel throughout this whole thing, and Sammy loses the belt <laughs> back to Scorpio. 
It was a little weird, but at the same time, I think it's to put over Sammy as a heel now. And we're back on track with Scorpio getting his win and getting the belt. This crowd was in on fire a couple times. Like our boys, Chase, like you said, like, I mean, especially when the ladies came out, when Paige came out and Ty and they were brawling and Scorpio and Sammy were all brawling at the same time. That was what I thought the crowd was like at its peak. The barbed wire ladder spot was insane. Overall, the false finishes were crazy. And I talked to a guy that day that said basically he hadn't watched it yet. And he says, well, I know Sammy's going to win. There's no way they're putting the belt on Scorpio Sky after this. Okay. I really enjoyed the match overall. Son is a big Samoa Joe fan. Not surprising. You know, especially given the way they build him. So he oh. thinks uh, Sammy might have got concussed in that match. Not sure. Was. There was a spot where he just landed viciously on that ladder, which is why Tay got involved early after Sammy did the flip. Yeah, it was a little is flip. That where he was like landed on the ground and he just looked rough on the ground there for a bit. Yeah. And I think Post brought it up too. I guess during the picture in picture, it was like went to black. Like we couldn't see what was actually was going on. Wow. I watch it on the TBS app a lot of the time next day like rarely live because if you try and watch it live on the tbs app it sucks but mm-hmm. the tbs app doesn't give you picture in picture so i lose a lot of that and i'm not a huge fan of picture in picture anymore yeah. it was that's why i was interested they noted that yeah i mean overall i mean just get uh, back to the show here the the booking it was a little strange to me how we went back and forth with this one hot potato with the belt but I do like Scorpio Sky now back as the TNT champion. Obviously, I would say in a new babyface role. And I'm curious to see what's going to be next for him. Definitely. Now I'm looking at the quarter hour breakdowns because I get the WrestleNomics, you know, viewers. And the most viewers they had was like just over a million, a million 20,000. And that was the last four minutes of the Harwood Wheeler match, CM Punk promo, Sky promo, and the start of the six-man tag. The lowest amount of viewers they had, 784,000. Cole Fish and O'Reilly, the Undisputed Elite, and then the backstage attack with Jericho and Ortiz. So, Which, I mean... Drop some quick numbers on you. Some of those are hard to you know tell what's hitting and what's not, but I mean everybody obviously knew who was going to win that undisputed elite match. Yeah, and it was the second to last segment on the show, so it's not surprising to see your lowest viewership around that later time. Dynamite and SmackDown do a lot better with it, obviously because of the length of the show. Usually, when I look at like viewership, I just pick like the highest, lowest, you know, just to see kind of what the range was. I think it averaged around. Let me check. It was like nine hundred something thousand yeah i think it was just under a million this week but overall how did you enjoy the show this week yeah nine hundred twenty-one thousand viewers on average i thought it was a good show i enjoyed it i thought the ladder match was insane and thought harwood and wheeler was awesome it was everything we needed to be and i i thought i liked the old school fireball angle that always yeah. will get me and i'm i'm curious it's a small thing and maybe not anyone else cares but i'm i, I really like hobbs and starks right now since they've been feuding with Lee and Swerve for like two basically guys that are not maybe at or four guys that are not maybe at the top of the card right now, but, you know, maybe upper mid. Like, this kind of getting thrown together, it doesn't feel that way to me. Like, I'm enjoying this. Nice. Without spoiling it, how what, what was your opinion of Rampage? Obviously, no spoilers. But as we wait on that, let's get to our top five of the week because we're almost going to Broadway here. And sure. I'm going to give you my top five of the week first because it's definitely more all over the place. Hook and Danhausen on Rampage tonight. Heavily looking forward to the WWE 2K22 Bonsai Pack came out this week that has Umaga, Yokozuna, almost Casey Catanzaro and Rikishi as new playable characters. And see, the thing about that, 
they he said it was good they opened it well sometimes the way it plays out live isn't how it plays out on tv which is interesting i noticed that when we got what was it darby and andrade early and after the wwe 2k bonsai pack ninja mac is making his debut in pro wrestling noah i believe hmm. should be today and tomorrow so i'm gonna go on the wrestle universe app and see how that is because ninja mac great talent for gcw and hearing that he's going over to noah is interesting number two Gotta have Cash versus Dax. Great match. Stood out. Great way to kick off the show. And that match is only number two because number one is like we talked about at the top of the show. Dave and I's first payday in wrestling. Mm. It was nice to be thought of that we're doing good enough a job that they're willing to part with money because of it. And not saying we're great by any means, but we're learning. It's fun to try out and, you know, just getting to do something new. I think as I get older i find that i like having that variation in life if i feel like i'm stuck on something or i feel like there's no advancement somewhere it feels boring it feels stagnant and always having that new challenge thank you cage my iq hey it all comes from podcasting it all comes honestly from the buzz when we met up with backley and cage my iq we met up with tyler peters we met up with josh deboard chuck winchester we met a lot of like-minded individuals we had had fun and when people heard us they're like hey we'd like you to come try something for us so to go from doing it for free to getting paid is it's a nice step up and it makes us feel like we're in the business in some way we know we're not deep in it we're not 10-year vets like some people we're just putting in an honest effort and giving it doing what we can absolutely well i'll talk about that one more time before we leave but i'll just throw my top five out here a little bit here no particular order i had dax versus cat the CM Punk promo. And I also had Josh Alexander, who won the Impact World title. Technically, it was last Saturday. But that story was just such a good story for Impact. I thought it was one of the better stories they told all year. I still got to watch that match. And knowing how good the story was and everything that led into it, it's a shame I haven't gotten to it yet. Well, yeah. And also, like, there's more stuff that comes this week on Impact. And uh, he'll, I guess I'll just say it, but he's going to end up wrestling Ishii. And that's going to be uh, next week on a rebellion uh, not rebellion whatever the they're doing a special impact plus event so one of those events is going to be which i think ishi's they've been building ishi up well in impact he beat jonah he beat eddie edwards so you know i'm looking forward to that match easy always delivers too so then we got scorpio sky of course winning the tnt title i just thought that match and just really happy for scorpio sky because to me i think this guy deserves to be getting this push and one other thing i had to put in another match last night joe might not have said i won't even spoil this if he hasn't but hammerstein versus fatu versus han Luger there, Hans Kruger. Yep. Awesome three-way match. MLW did a great job with this main event. MLW does a really good job sometimes when they build up their main events and the stories. Like It feels like a big-time WWE or AWE main event sometimes. And, and that's just how they build their top guys. I'm very excited because the SATs, the Maximos announced they will be back with MLW at their Philadelphia event. And yes. SATs were big in the early years of MLW, so it's exciting to see that and cage my iq asks thoughts on osprey getting COVID and being removed from the u.s title match i don't know if this is new japan proper i haven't kept up with them as much as i should but you know even though 
I was thinking about it the other day. It's weird that we're going around without masks now and we're comfortable when, you know, not too long ago, it was like everybody was worried about getting sick, but you could see with hangman page, you can see with Osprey, we're not out of the woods yet. And I, I don't, know really what to think about it it's a shame because what i've seen of osprey lately in new japan is great i have to get back on watching new it, japan. Was, it was right he was gonna wrestle tanahashi but yeah that's it sucks i didn't i didn't know he had got covid too i knew hangman did i know one of the world champions from the noah promotion did so it's just yeah it's gonna happen i don't think it's one of those things and you watch the marvels i guess we're gonna have a lot of variants of this covid too osprey has been tweeting towards omega 2 that is very interesting because we have have this forbidden door pay-per-view coming right. up and you have to set up who people are going to be facing at double or nothing but then you've got the forbidden door right behind it could kenny omega come back osprey i think is being replaced with ishii that's a very good replacement because even though ishii's older he's mm. one of those guys that audiences really enjoy he's been making that run in the states like you said on impact done some aew i'd like to see him put the belt on ishii actually i think that'd be good just because like he's gonna have these matches you know stateside it probably adds a little something to their main event if ishii's going in as a champion as well brian danielson versus zach saber jr i think will happen at forbidden door i, I was gonna say yeah he kind of took that for i was gonna actually speculate i haven't heard that announcement but i i definitely would like to see that match that's something that's been popping in my head just in terms of like two of the best technical wrestlers in the world and if you think about it over the years things have been said there's been tweets certain ways but at times there was no way to make these matchups happen now with a lot of this former wwe talent in aew this pay-per-view on the threshold you're gonna be getting a lot more of these popping up and i can't wait to see who's in there i'll be happy either way right yeah. one thing that will help is undisputed elite they could fit in in a good 10-man tag in a lot of new japan and undercards you know are made up of 10-man tags six-man tags so right. you've got enough of those factions in AEW to fit that sonata said he wants to tour the u.s with the title before he got hurt sonata would be i he definitely could use something to freshen him up and i think a run in the u.s could be good for him yeah and i mean who's to say saber jr couldn't get some partners and we have black bull combat club too you know yeah that would be another great match up for them yeah, but i think it's time to take it home buddy we've gone an hour now i just want to add it before if you want to say anything i just want to add to on the commentary front like joe said i don't think we could be any more appreciative just to have this spot and you know like joe said too i just kind of want to add on i guess i really am enjoying this variety in my life the older i get too like it's just freshens things up and yeah constantly looking to do different things too and i used to hear this when i was younger i think joe can relate to this but one of the biggest problems i find is is there just not enough damn time in the day? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you could see it. We've done it with last night after work. Red yelled at me about what's all this daily content flooding my timeline. And I'm like, yeah, we tried it, but we want to stay on top of things. You want to stay relevant, but there's a saturation point. And sometimes it's tiring to get behind a mic every day and figure out something to say. Yeah. I got like, five <laughs> the commentary has been great but just last saturday was so rough because i had like a day to get i think in the end it ended up being like 10 pages of notes together because we get notes sent to us and then i've got you know notes we've already put together that you kind of integrate and then i mean we talked about it at the start how do you take the story being given to you put it in your own words and being able to give it naturally back 
got it Friday morning. You worked on it all the way till late afternoon. Then we did a couple hours Friday afternoon. And then I caught a stomach bugs Saturday at 3 a.m. before we could finish. And we had to wrap it up this Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, and it's like usually, typically, we've got like, we generally get a week because we'll get it whenever. And now time really just gives us Fridays to get together. Usually after Dave and AJ get done on the recording that you're hearing about this time, I'm to Dave's house within 10 minutes setting up a mic getting ready for commentary so to do something in two days that usually takes a week was very frustrating and just frustrating because it's hard to we want to do everything as best as we can but like you said you to bring that enthusiasm to bring all the little things you need it's tough and to do it on such a short timeline but like we said we enjoy doing it so thank you josh and everyone over at new heights wrestling for believing in us and thank you guys for watching us and we will see you again later all right so that wraps us up for this week thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast so as always you can find us on twitter at fans working our facebook page is working fans wrestling pod we have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com follow us on instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 